Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to talk about our best bets, if we can, given everything that's going on uh, in uh, week 15 here in the NFL season. Great guest today to do that with me. It is Reed Wallach, uh, senior editor over at BetSided. Find him on Twitter at his name, at Reed Wallach. By the way, did I pronounce your last? I didn't even ask. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, all name? natural. Wallach. That was great. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. No, no, no prep, prep whatsoever. Yeah. And that's uh, W-A-L-L-A-C-H, just so you know, on Twitter. Reed, thank you for joining me today in what I admit is probably the most difficult like Thursday show to talk about our weekend best bets because of the COVID outbreak. But I I mean, that's why I brought you on. I, w- I want the best, you know? Yeah, no, this is, this is when we thrive. Adversity, guys getting ruled out left and right, spreads up in arms from the openers. This is when, you know, the going gets tough, the tough get going. This is going to be, I, I think we can be honest about it, okay? We're going to recommend some bets. But obviously, COVID may turn. Yes. One of the bets that I'm going to recommend already has been moving because of COVID news that came mm. out just before we started recording. So everybody listening, you don't have to run and bet these right now. Take your time, like yeah. see how things develop. But as of right now, this is where we're going to land on some stuff, and we'll do our best to give some caveats. All right, we're going to get into it. Uh, this, again, is our three best bets of the weekend spread, money line total, whatever we want to do, and a couple of housekeeping items before we do. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash betting pros later today might be probably after or before you listen to this. Who knows? I'm doing a props betting live stream where I'm just going to come out, use our betting pros uh, cheat sheet and go through some of my favorite player props for the Thursday night game. I'll do the same on Saturday to do that. And our latest offer from BetMGM, new customers, when you use the code juice, 100 can bet $10 on any NFL team to win their game, win $200 in free bets. If that team scores a touchdown, again, new customers, code juice, 100, that is available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Washington, D.C., Arizona, and Wyoming. All right, quick, let's run through last week. Our guest, Pat Fitzmorris, went one and two with his best bets. He hit on Jacksonville and Tennessee under 43 and a half. He missed on the Jets getting five and a half um, from the Saints and the Bengals getting one from the 49ers. I went two and one, as everybody knows. I took the other side of that game. Don't really know if that turn was the actual right side, but it was a winner in that one. Another game that was probably the wrong side, but was all also a winner for me, was the Ravens getting two and a half uh, in that game. I did miss on the Falcons and the Panthers under 42 and a half. So I'm now 21 and 21 on the year. Let's do better. We'll start today. Reed, you are our guest to get the first pick. What do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to go with the Patriots plus two and a half against the Colts. I think that's pretty much the market number as of this recording. And the three picks I made are, as of now, not COVID affected. So hopefully that holds up. But this one in particular really caught my eye. These are two teams coming off of a buy in Indianapolis and New England. And this was a pick them in the look ahead market. So I find it fascinating that this line has shifted two and a half points towards the Colts. This was a spot I was looking at back in Indianapolis, actually. I think New England's a little overvalued in the market, but now it feels like everyone feels that way because now the line has gone the other way. So um, again, I make this a pick, so I'm going to play New England. And really, you know, Colts linebacker saying, we want Mac Jones to beat us after, you know, he only threw three attempts against Buffalo. Well, that might actually be a problem because the Colts do have a good run defense, but they're actually 16th in uh, EPA per pass. So I think Mac Jones is going to have some success through the air on the fast track at Lucas Oil Stadium. And listen, Mac Jones, he doesn't make mistakes. He's going to go through the reads. He's going to go through the progressions, make the easy pass. Carson Wentz, you know, that he's going to make some turnovers. He's going to make some crazy passes. He's going to give New England a short field. So I like New England as an underdog. And also, I think this is an amazing teaser spot. Get that over a touchdown at eight and a half. So yeah, give me New England. I think that they're the better team and this should be a pick 'em. 
Yeah, I love it as a teaser for sure. With two and a half, you get it to eight and a half. I do love that. I have a lot of trouble with this game, Reed. First of all, I've had a lot of trouble with the Pats the whole year, right? Because I've sort of been on the whole Pats are overrated, man. Like, this is just what it is. They're they're not, you know, if you have to make Mac Jones beat you, I, I think Mac Jones is a fine rookie quarterback, but I don't trust him to be able to carry the load necessarily if he can't run the ball. But it is interesting to me that this line is two and a half. Like, you're right. This struck me as a pick em game. So is there must be money coming in, though, right, on the Colts. I assume that sharp bettors are backing the Colts, which I don't fully understand. Like, if you're getting to an, Do you think this gets to three, by the way? It's been sitting out there at two and a half. I feel like this is if this goes to three, everyone starts immediately betting New England. Okay. And then it goes back to two and a half. I feel like this closes two and a half. Maybe it comes down a little bit. Again, I just... What happened over the bye week that is changing this market two and a half right. wise? I agree New England is overvalued in the macro of the NFL, but in this particular spot, give me Bill Belichick as an underdog. Um, you know, I think Mac Jones is able to keep this game close enough where New England's a chance to win at the end. Yeah, and by the way, I mean Buffalo had a, a perfectly fine run defense and New England they knew they were going to run. They ran the same play, and they just ran down their throat. Yeah. So as good as the Colts are, I mean, we saw, again, Leonard Fournette have no trouble running the ball necessarily against them as well. So, yeah, man, it is weird, right, because both teams are off a bye. So you would think what has changed suddenly to make this spread sort of start to move. And, again, now it's been hanging out at 2.5 for a little bit. But you're right. Early on, it was, you know, one point or something like that. It was very interesting. I Look, if I have to go in way, I'm certainly taking – the pats with the points for sure if i have to go in way i'm probably staying away from it because i man, i don't i just i don't know i don't have a good read on the patriots team yet or the or the colts by the way the colts sometimes come out there and you're like oh you're the best team in the nfl i i get it now but they also come out there and carson wentz is about to throw a ball left-handed you know right to uh the linebacker and have it run back for a pick six Ugh, the worst the worst uh so uh i'm I, I lean towards their way, but I agree with you 100%. It's one of my favorite teaser pieces to get the Pats definitely up to eight and a half. So, all right, I like it there. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't love a lot of games this weekend. Like, I did. Like, I, I liked the Eagles, um, which were laying four and a half against Washington before it moved to seven because of all the COVID news, I'm sure, and all the injuries, stuff like that. So, I will be honest that a lot of my picks are a little lukewarm, but we make picks. We're fine. I'm going to go with the Packers laying five and a half to the Ravens. It was four and a half when I looked at it when it opened. Um, It's a dead number. It's a weird sort of number. But I think the bottom line is this. I don't love what I hear out of the Ravens camp about Lamar. I I really don't. And even earlier today, it just said he's going to be like, they're going to take it right up until game time to know whether or not he's going to go. So even if he goes, he's going to be limited. Like, this is just what we're going to see. And I think the fact that they signed Josh Johnson sort of suggests, okay, we we are really concerned whether or not he's going to be able to go. But if he does go, if he doesn't go, as much as this game is important to him, every game is important to them. Like they're probably going to win this division as much as every team is right there in the same sort of thing. I think in the end, they'll probably be able to pull it out. You attack the Packers for the most part on the ground. And I think a big part of their ground game is the fact that Lamar Jackson is so mobile. So if he does play and his mobility is compromised, as I would expect, that is going to affect it. And if not, like, you know, kudos to Huntley, but not sort of the same. And and really, I just don't know how they expect to stop the Packers. I know Aaron Rodgers had a, quote, setback with the toe and everything like that. But what you have is last week, I liked the Ravens because I said, you know what, all their injuries to the secondary, which is totally decimated by injuries. That's not as big a deal against a team like the Browns, who doesn't really have that prototypical number one receiver or number two receiver or number three receiver. That's not how they, they run their offense. But here you've got Devontae Adams and you've got the number two 
pass offense in terms of DVOA against the 26th defensive DVOA against the pass team in the Ravens. So with their injuries, with Lamar Jackson, this just strikes me as a game here that the Packers, even in Baltimore, are going to roll. It's uncomfortable, right? Because it's on the road. It's five and a half. That's just a dead number. If Lamar Jackson was at full health, I would feel less comfortable with it. But he's going to, if he plays, he's going to be limited, not going to be able to run as much. The passing game is not really working. And if it's Huntley, like, good job coming back against the Browns, thankfully, and covering that spread for me. But I have no faith that he's going to be able to really attack this uh, often. So for now, I like him at five and a half, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. I don't hate the play at all. And what you mentioned about the Ravens decimated secondary, that against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, whatever toe is messed up, I mean, he's going to be able to get his, you know, I think that, this number, I think, is sitting there. It's kind of like a middle number where it's if Lamar plays, it's going to tick down to maybe four. If Huntley right. plays, maybe this goes up to seven because, like you said, five and a half is kind of that dead zone where it's an insignificant number. So I don't hate the play. I'm kind of feeling if Huntley plays, what about the over? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you get I, like, I mean, we saw Miles Garrett, that scoop and score. You know, maybe Huntley makes a mistake. Whereas if it's Lamar, maybe even almost lower scoring. They go even closer to the best, less mistakes. So that's kind of how I'm looking to attack it. If Huntley's ended up, um, if he ends up playing, I'm going to look probably towards the over because I think you're right. The Packers are going to get whatever they want on offense. Yeah, it's 43 and a half. That's not, uh, you know, you don't need any sort of, that's low. I mean, there are a lot of low totals this week, by the way. Um, So I'm totally good with that play. And yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, man, I'd almost rather Lamar play in this game because only because I right because I think that realistically, if he plays, and I you know I love Lamar Jackson, but first of all, he has not played well in several weeks. Whether it was the illness that he's been battling, whatever that is, that he was on the injury report with an illness three separate weeks, but his ankles just you know it's not going to be a hundred percent. There's no way which will limit them, and it's almost better than having Huntley's additional mobility. But either way, at five and a half, this is the point. If Lamar plays and the spread goes, I'm I'm still fine laying five and a half, even assuming that Lamar suits up, given that he there's no way he's going to be 100 percent for a guy who relies on the legs so much. All right. Number two pick. What do you got? OK, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Uh, I think this number's ticking down. Um, I had plus two that I wrote down, but anything above pick, I'm on Pittsburgh in this game. This is a classic Mike Tomlin spot. It's almost like we're beating a dead horse because you know the Steelers keep being uh, plays as underdogs, but Tomlin, he's covering 66% of his games as a dog, as the Steelers head coach, make that over 80% as a home underdog. And this Tennessee team, it's a team I like to back as underdogs, not as favorites. So this is kind of a spot where I like to fade Mike Vrabel. He is 14, 19 and one as a favorite since taking over in Tennessee. So there are some trends going in, uh, the Steelers favor. And also just, this is more of an eye test thing. Um, I've been fading the Steelers. I didn't believe in them earlier in the year. It almost seems like Ben Roethlisberger's having like, this is the last stand. You know, he's trying to will the team home. Gunslinger mentality. Really just, he knows this is his last year. He's leaving it all out there. So I kind of like that motivation for the Steelers. They had some extra time to prep. And this Tennessee offense without Derrick Henry, who have they beaten of late? They lost to the Texans. They got blown out by the Patriots. They get a buy and beat a dead Jaguars team. So I'm not impressed with the Titans. They're 23rd in EPA per play since Derrick Henry went down. So, again, this is not a team I'm looking to back as a favorite on the road against a Steelers team that is facing their season right here. If they lose this game, that's probably it for them in the playoff race. So, again, Roethlisberger's last stand, Tomlin as a dog. All these things are putting me towards the Steelers. Again, if this is still in that one and a half, two range, great teaser spot, but 
I like the Steelers at anything above a pick. I think that they win this game. So our consensus line at betting pros is one, but there are twos out there still. At BetMGM, for example, there's two. I'll give it to you two because we've got some twos out there as well. Yeah, you're welcome. Take the money line. Doesn't matter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so I think, first of all, I I mean, I'm full on the I back Mike Tomlin in in the spot of you are an underdog, you know, again, your back's against the wall. When he's a favorite, run run as far away as you possibly can, because that's what it does. It's interesting here because I do think that this is a game that does favor the Steelers uh, in a couple of ways. Number one, it's obviously like their defense has just been getting, you know, whether it's been injury or not, like they've been getting torched. The Titans cannot do that at this point, right? That is not how they are winning games at this point. They're playing very conservatively, but it's different when you're a running back that you have is, you know, Deonta Foreman instead of Derrick Henry. They're obviously down A.J. Brown. Julio Jones just came back, but they were not pushing the ball downfield. They have no interest in sort of having an explosive style game, which can exploit whatever the Steelers deficiencies are on offense and on defense. And hopefully they get a little healthier, by the way, because they've obviously, you know, hopefully Watts able to play Hayden. And you're right about like whether it is just like, hey, man, Ben's out after this year. Let's just go, you know, to the wall and do what we can. They are really just basically saying, like, you know what? Our offense seems to work better a little bit when we go no huddle, when we hurry it up, when we move it, and just let Ben sort of find what it is. And it does. Like, they are able to put up points here. And the Titans defense is good, but they have been sort of punching above their weight class a little bit in that it's been fluky. Like, we mentioned, when they beat the Rams, right? It was like, oh, wow, you know, they they went and beat the Rams. Like, that was very fluky. They had the pick six, right? Their defense sort of played. That's how they've been getting away with this. When you just look at how is our offense playing, how is their defense playing? It's not that impressive of late, right? So, yeah, I don't hate it. Like, I have I have been on the wrong side. Like, the Steelers against the Bengals in that game where they went in there, and I was like, this is a Mike Tomlin spot, and they're going to be pissed off after getting, and they just got the doors blown off them. I've been gun-shy a little bit with them. Go ahead, sorry. No, the, the Titans seem like a team, again, I don't like backing them as favorites. Um, I like backing them as underdogs because they punch up and down to their weight class. And, Again, I'm not saying the Steelers are a good team. I don't think that they're doing anything come playoff time or if they even make the playoffs. But they could – why – the Titans should be laying points here. Like, wh- what have the Titans done? They had, they had 3.8 yards per play against the Jags. I get that game was over at the second started. But it's not like the Titans have been some world-beating um, what 9-14. and 14. This is a different team than what started the year. So yep. I'm not rushing to back – this offense right now going on the road to a hostile Heinz field in a must win situation. This is a clear spot to back with uh, Steelers. I, I I don't disagree with what you're saying. I don't know if I'm going to be on it because I'm terrified, but I, I agree, especially. And again, another thing where they're getting two not a bad teaser piece as well. Uh, if you can tease them up past that touchdown. All right. So originally in the week, I was going to, I mean, it's all gross right now. Uh, I was going to go with the Texans against the Jaguars. Because I feel like the quote sharp side, and when you look at the teams like the Jaguars, I understood why they were at the time three point favorites. But I was not going to back an Urban Meyer team, and I think that he sort of is the the model buster in terms of terrible teams that fire their coach. Like especially this, like you could definitely see a rally around the flag type of effort from the Jaguars. So I went with an equally ugly sort of dog that I've gone with, and it's the Jets. And now when I took the Jets and when I logged it again in our betting pros app, they were getting ten. Right after that. Right when I decided I was going to do it, we got the Jalen Waddle news that he is on the reserve COVID list. Now, Reed, I don't know if you've seen anything. I didn't see that he actually tested positive. I don't know if he was just a close contact. But either way, if you're put on the list on a Thursday, I 
it does not sound like you're going to be able to play. Like, he hasn't been ruled out as far as I, right? Okay. I didn't see he was ruled out, but you have to think probably out for this week. And listen, he's a huge part of their offense. He is, oh, my God. He's uh, to his binky. You know, he yeah. is his go-to receiver, not downfield. He averages like five, <laughs> four yards a catch, but he's his go-to guy. So sure. this really makes it a difficult um Passing attack for this Dolphins team, I wonder how they're going to adjust. Especially, they're coming off a bye, so they were prepping for this game. They're trying to get back Correct. in the playoff race. So, um, yeah, no, continue with your handicap. I didn't mean so. So, so, no, it's fine. So, I had it um, at 10. Um, it's now the consensus line is 9.5. I'm just going to stick with it because it doesn't really matter. Also, I think there are a couple things. They've obviously got COVID issues on that team. Every running back right now it tested positive for COVID. They may be off. I'm actually expecting Miles Gaskin to come off. Maybe Savan Ahmed, um, you know. Who knows? They maybe they'll get Malcolm Brown back. Who knows? But they've got a COVID issue on that team, which, by the way, suggests this is a game which I might be fine to take now because I do think, look, if Waddle tested positive, if Devontae Parker tests positive, if Mike Kosicki, te- like, you've got issues there um, going on with that team. And either way, I mean, wh- look, a receiver being out generally, it's not something that's going to move the spread very much, right? Like, that's the thing. It's, it's half a point, and I assume that's why. But regardless, Waddle certainly is the biggest part of that offense where it is. And the Dolphins, man, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on them generally because when I look at them, I knew they were better than this team that started out one and seven. Like, they, they weren't the, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And they're rolling right now. But other than that Ravens win, Panthers, Texans, Jets, Giants, it's not like they're world beaters or anything like that. The Jets are terrible, and they're terrible this year against the spread, right? They're 3-10. and 10. Like So the Jets are not a team that you want to back, and I, I made fun of Pat last week who took them against the Saints. I was like, I'm, there's no way I'm taking that bet. But regard, and they've got no Elijah Moore, but they are going to get Michael Carter back, which I do think is uh, you know, something that, that's at least going to make a difference because he's incredibly talented. He's a big part of their offense going in. We don't know, again, what this Dolphins offense is going to look like, who's going to be playing running back, if Waddle's out, if they have more COVID cases. And when it was eight eight and a half. I leaned the Jets when I saw that because, again, the te- these two teams have played before. The Dolphins won by seven points. They do not strike me as a team who should be double-digit favorites over anyone in the NFL. Now, again, this is nine and a half, so whatever. But basically, this just doesn't seem like that. The Jets are a terrible football team, um, but they don't, like, they don't mail it in, right? Like, Salah has them playing still hard. They just don't have the personnel. And they randomly put up, like, spirited efforts here to put up a game. I think this is the type of game that even if the Dolphins sort of jump out to a lead and get there, they don't have the type of offense I think that's going to be able to put it away absent a defensive score. I could see the Jets having a backdoor cover here. So it's a second divisional game, right? Like those games are always just a little tighter than you think they should be in this one. So it's disgusting. And I hate backing the Jets. And I'm a Jets fan, as most people listen to know. Unfortunately, I was raised in Queens. No choice. But I, I don't, I'm not like a backer of them. I never back them. But this week, with it being ugly, and especially at 10, if it gets back to 10, great. But even at 9.5, given the COVID issues that the Dolphins are dealing with, Reed, I'm inclined to agree with them. How do you see this Dolphins team generally? Like, do you, is this for real? They're 6-7. and seven. They're on the precipice of the playoff race. They've got a schedule they can exploit. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I think the Dolphins are incredibly overrated. Um, I faded them. Unfortunately, with uh, my Giants, uh, two weeks ago before the mm. bye, they were not able to cover just... This isn't a Dolphins team that is beating again. Obviously, we 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 agree. I think we all know the Jets are not a talented team. But again, are the Dolphins the team you're rushing to back, laying ten points? I right, know. Right. And again, the Jets aren't the type of team that trade me as a quit factor team, such as 
I know Urban Meyer was just fired, but Urban Meyer Jags, that's like a quick team. That is a team that is going to come out and just lay an egg. The Jets have a first-year head coach that is starting to build a program. They have a rookie quarterback that's going to at least give an honest effort. So I, this isn't a Dolphins team that's going to typically pull away. They haven't really beat up on lesser competition. I think that the spread is too high. I think that the Jets, like you said, division second time around. I think that the Jets get up for this game. And also, it's in Miami. Dolphins don't have much of a home field. This is not a maybe Miami nightlife beats the Jets, but it's not like the Jets are going into a hostile Miami, like we're about to make a playoff push crowd. This is going to be probably more Jets fans that, you know, all the New Yorkers going down to Florida for, you know, the winter. It's probably going to be more Jet fans than Dolphins fans. So, yeah, at eight and a half, I was thinking maybe tease Miami inside of three, but now this is a no touch for me. This line has gone way too high in my opinion. I know the Jets are banged up, but... Again, nine and a half, ten. I lean towards New York staying within this big number. If they get, if it goes back to ten, I would, I like it. And again, that's that's how I, I originally said. All right, I'll, I'll take this. When it got even at nine and a half, though, I still think, man, I still think it's there. And I bet it now because you know I, this is again one like be very careful about betting early and so especially co- especially yeah, right now, especially right now. That's what I'm saying. Well, right, generally speaking, like. I, I don't have a problem if you want to make a bet on Thursday, but for right now, goodness gracious. But I do think if there is a game that you feel comfortable with that you want to bet now, this probably is one because we know the Dolphins have a COVID issue going on right now We because we've known it forever. So I think the likelihood of COVID affecting that team is higher than it is any other team almost except for the Browns, right? And the Rams and stuff like that. So I'd be okay if you're on the Jets side right now, because I do think if anything, this is just going to hurt probably the Dolphins going forward. All right, Reed, third bet. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going with another underdog. Uh, Bengals, this, I got two and a half. Is that still yes, work? Yes, it is. Okay. Two and a half. Two and a half. Another game that I can't really understand what this line is. So last week in the look-ahead market, and again, this isn't like the end-all, be-all. It's sometimes a little arbitrary, but the look-ahead market for this game was Bengals minus three. So that's, now they're getting nearly three. So we're getting a full-on switch. Let's just, what happened in that time span? Um, they were Joe Burrow finger issues. He ended up slinging all over the Broncos. He threw for over 300 yards, slinging all over the 49ers, over 300 yards, almost won in overtime. The Broncos beat a Lions team that almost couldn't field a full roster because of flu issues. And that was an easy win. They were double digit favorites. So why is this line flipping from Bengals minus three to Broncos minus two and a half? I just, I can't get there with this number. I make the Bengals one point favorites here. So I actually played the Bengals on the money line earlier in the week, and the number keeps going against me, which maybe I'm missing something, but here are just a few numbers that make me stick by my Bengals uh, piece. Um, Bengals are number two in defensive rush success rate this year. Um, this is a Broncos offense that's going to lean on the likes of Javante Williams to kind of establish the run to set up Teddy Bridgewater to pass. The Broncos in that stat, they're 30th. So if Joe Mixon is able to, you know, I know that he's kind of been on the injury report, but if he's healthy enough to play, he's going to find success against this Broncos defense that is going to get the likes of Jamar Chase open downfield, T. Higgins, get Burrow going. So again, the Bengals have a higher rated defense in pretty much all metrics. The Broncos have a really concerning special teams metric, and they have a Denver boost with that. Um, They're outside the top 25 in uh, special special teams DVOA. So there's a lot of metrics going towards Cincinnati for me. Maybe I'm dead wrong, Dan. Maybe you can help me out here, but I bet the Bengals, again, another teaser piece I love. Give me the better quarterback with Joe Burrow. Um, I just think that this is a complete overreaction. I'm in complete agreement with you. And what's great about this, Reed, is that I have faded the Bengals all year. 
because I think that they have been an overrated team. And, you know, you just look at DVOA. It's almost oh, even last week. That was one of the reasons why I looked at it. I was like, look, the 49ers are like ninth in DVOA. You know that the Bengals are always like, oh, the Bengals are a good team. And they're like 18th or 19th or wherever they are. I think they have been overrated. And I was specifically worried about Joe Burrow's finger. He looked fantastic. Yeah, like, looked zero, zero issues from him. Yeah. Zero, which I was so impressed. I've been so impressed with Burrow. The whole year, I expected him to struggle early in the year as he mentally sort of got over the hurdle of the injury. He's been fantastic. Basically, the most impressed player like with him this year. But I completely agree with you. And I said about this on Monday, we do like an early look ahead line show where we're like, oh, what's your instant reaction to this? And again, I'm a guy who basically has faded the Bengals. And even I, I think at that point, it might have been a pick them. Maybe they were plus one or something. And I was like, oh, God, give me them as dog. Like any day of the week here, they're. They're a much better team than the Broncos, in my opinion, at this point coming in, like regardless of anything, the fact that they're getting almost a field goal, I love it as a teaser piece as well. Like get it to eight and a half because you saw last week, right? They they were on the verge. It looked like the 49ers were going to run with that because of fluky plays, by the way, like punt fumbles and stuff like that. They, they just came right back. You know, they are able to, if they have to, they can move the ball because of their three wide receivers, because of Burrow, because of Mixon, they can move the ball. I think they win this game outright. I, I really do. I think they go into Denver. I don't get the money. I mean, when a line moves like this, Reed, out of curiosity, like, do you think that's because there are a ton of, like, quote, big, you know, sharp bettors coming in and betting the Broncos? Is that why it's moving like this? Yeah, I, I feel like every situation's kind of its own thing. And look, maybe there's an underlying COVID issue coming. Like, at this point, like, you know, I'm almost, like, scared of my own shadow when it comes to this. <laughs> but, um, you know, it hasn't hit a key number of three yet, so... If it hits three, that's when I'm like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. But like to me, two and a half, one and a half, maybe just money coming in on the Broncos. Maybe it's a bigger, better really siding with the Broncos. But to me, I make my own numbers. I trust my instincts yep. here. I've watched this yep. game. And again, if we're looking at it last week, for example, the Bengals closed as home underdogs there and limited the Niners to 20 points in regulation. I know they let up a touchdown in overtime, but I'm going to call it 20 points. They... They shut down that Niners offense in the second half. They got back in that game because their defense could play. And Trey Hendrickson, he's on track to play this weekend. I just, I can't get to this number with the Broncos based off of them blowing out the Lions. I know they yeah. beat the Chargers the week before, uh, two weeks before that, but we saw them play a tougher defense in the Chiefs. And the Bengals defense is really good this year. They are one of the most underrated units in the league. And that's what I think actually gives them the edge in this game. I think that their defense is going to hold off enough to get Burrow his opportunities to take, uh, take over. So, yeah, listen, I'm all over the Bengals in this one. I'm with you, and I will say there are threes out there, man. At points bet, at Fox bet, it's three right Maybe now, I'm so. missing something, and maybe I'm just dead wrong. But, again, give me Joe Burrow over Teddy Bridgewater if that's what it really comes down to. You may be dead wrong, but I I, I, I assume with everybody. Um, But I will say this. like I don't have a problem saying, and I hope you don't either, when I disagree with the bet, like I disagree. I mean, Pat and I were on opposite sides. Last that was like, I don't usually do that. I don't usually say, OK, well, I'm actually going to take the opposite side. And we were joking because of the fact that like that game wound up going into overtime. So, of course, neither one of us could really hang our hat. But I am with you on this bet. Like this is not one where I'm like, yeah, I could see that or I'm not going to bet it. Like I like it. I especially like it as a teaser piece, but I don't understand it either. Didn't understand it on Monday. Don't right now. And that is coming from maybe the world's foremost Bengals fader. So I really do like it. Uh, I'm going to go for my last one to a total. Uh, Finding spreads this week were were really tough. Um, This one's going to be, and again, this one, I, I hope absent a huge defensive sort of, you know, 
COVID thing is not really going to be affected by COVID. And it is the Bills and the Panthers under, actually. I'm going to double check to make sure I have the right. It's 44 and a half last time I checked it. I'm just going to double check it right now. It's still 44 and a half. Very good. Okay. So I don't know, man. To me, this strikes me as a game where the Bills are number one still in defensive DVOA. Like just overall, Carolina's offense is horrific, right? Like I don't know. Is it, are they going to split again, Cam Newton and PJ Walker? And I know Sam Darnold was designated to return from injured reserve. I don't expect him to play, but even if he does, I don't really care. That offense is terrible without Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore has a hamstring issue. I, he's going to play, but again, that's a little scary. They've got no running game whatsoever right now going on. And for the Bills, I mean, they're off, they obviously need to win this game. Their offense is not in sync right now. Everything that's going on is just bad. Josh Allen has this foot sprain, and he's going to play, of course, and he's amazing. Uh, but I, I do think that this is the type of game where you can basically put, like, the Panthers will put Gilmore on Stephon Diggs, and they'll give him some help over the top. And I think this is just a game with the Patriots up next week, which is a game the Bills are going to have to win to have any sort of semblance, right, of possibly taking the division, depending on what happens here on Saturday night, of course. But they're going to have to win. They're going to want to play this. They know they can beat the Panthers. They're going to want to play conservatively. I think you're going to see Sean McDermott say, like, we've got to get some sort of semblance of a run game going because our passing game right now is not working to try to get Devin Singletary, who, again, every team abandons, like, doesn't even try to run the ball against the Bucs. Like, I I get it. But they, they haven't had a run game all year. They need something. Like, they need to sort of have some sort of balance. I think they try to get it here. And I think that that's really what we're going to get. So I think this is a game, again, where the Bills kind of play it tight and conservative. No faith whatsoever in the Panthers' ability to put up points. I was burned on the Panthers under last week. I get it because I had the Falcons. But I do think that the Bills are not going to go explosive here and try that. I think they're going to get back to conservative game plan, keep everyone healthy, understand that they can win this game without doing too much, rely on their defense. And I'll take the under here, 44 and a half, which, by the way, it's like one of the higher totals of the week in what is just a ridiculously low total here. So I lean under, which always gets me a little nervous, even though I like unders because, as our friend Chris Raybon says, it's like you're winning the game as soon as it starts, like automatically. And I know people hate it. So I'll go under there in the Bills and the and the Panthers. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. This was actually a game I was like I have like circle. I have like my little post-it that I like write down the bets I'm really looking to make, like you know certain numbers and stuff. Yep. This is a bet that circled right there. I was looking at, it, especially this morning. I'm probably gonna ride this with you. I mean, it's supposed to be freezing in Buffalo, and right. we're talking we're talking quick teams. You know, we were talking about um, you know, off uh, last segment. Um, the Panthers are a quick team. They fired their offensive coordinator Joe Brady. The Cam Newton on back luster has already came off. So I'm totally with you here. And like you said, they play the Pats next week. Maybe you know, pull the plug a little early, really go ground and pound, try and just get out of this with a win. Um, you know, something like 28 to three really sounds right. like, like this sounds like a Buffalo suffocating yes. just workmanlike win and move on. So I'm totally with you here with this total. That's exactly right. That's how I see it. Like they know they're going to win this game. They have to win this game. They also almost can use this to like work on some stuff and be like, all right, let's not take any chances or go crazy. Let's just get here. So uh, let's, uh, recap very quickly. And then I will, uh, also, um, go through the remaining spreads and we'll just give our very quick takes on it. You are taking the Steelers, let's call it plus two, the Bengals plus two and a half and the Patriots plus two and a half here against the Colts. I'm going to take the pack laying five and a half against the Ravens, the Jets. Ugh, I'll, I'll call it nine and a half right now. Even though if it gets to 10, wait on it, I'll get to 10. 
Honorable man, yes. This will give me a reason to continue to watch my poor football team. Uh, getting nine and a half, I'll call it, from the Dolphins. And the Bills and the Panthers under 44 and a half. So, Reed, if you're cool, let's just run through the remaining spreads and see where we're at. If you have any lean Saturday night, I mean, I don't know what you do with the Raiders spread at this point. Because forget about tonight. Oh, you do? Go ahead. The ra- right now, the spread is the Raiders laying one. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to bet the Browns. I'm going to wait a little bit, but I'm going to be on the Browns in some capacity. Um, I mean, I doubt it gets... I mean, again, this is like kind of a COVID steam thought. There's no point in betting right now on the Browns because it's only... it. There's probably going to be more positives throughout the week. So what's the rush? Especially, it's sitting at one right now. If I have to bet the Browns minus one, sure. But... This just seems like an overreaction, and Raiders, possible quit team, Browns, playing for their lives, and everyone talks about how bad Baker Mayfield is. I get all the weapons are gone. He's playing with basically a practice squad, but if Case Keenum is really not that big of a downgrade from Baker Mayfield, then this line is a complete overreaction. So I'll be on the Browns in some sort of capacity. Probably just going to take the money line. Yeah, I mean, it is one and a half, you know, at my book, uh, you know, DraftKings. And you're in Jersey? Are you in? Where I'm you? in New York, but I ha- I, I'm i from Jersey, so I'm typically going back and forth. Got it. So you should have FanDuel at least, right? In Jer- oh, you do have probably, yeah, whatever. You probably I, I go all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> I shop. It. Ah, yeah, all right. Well, I'm from New York, too. We'll talk later. Um, But, uh, yeah, so it's one and a half at FanDuel, and it's one off at, Dra- at DraftKings. So I might have a fun just to have some Saturday fun. I might do a teaser where I get the Browns up to seven and a half and the Pats up to eight and a half, and then just hopefully have a relaxed night. We already talked about the Pats and the Colts, so we know where you are there. The Texans and the Jags are now at five. Like, uh, it's it's all over the place, actually. It's three and a half for me, the Texans getting three and a half from Jaguars at DraftKings. It is four at BetMGM. It is five at FanDuel. So this is all over the place. I guess with the Meyer, unless I've missed something from this morning, I guess is with the Urban Meyer news. So let's call it five at this point. What do you think about the Jags laying five to the Texans? So I kind of leaned Jacksonville before this news at three. I was leaning there. I probably wasn't going to bet it just because I wanted no part of this team. I just thought they were dead now. This like dead cat bounce from Jacksonville. Um, I actually made the Jags four and a half point favorite. Just at, like just my number, pure number, Urban Meyer. You can only downgrade him so much. So like I think the Texans are really, really bad. So I lean Jacksonville. This morning, I woke up and saw the Urban Meyer news. I put them in a Moneyline parlay with the Niners at minus 114. So, like, basically around even odds just to get the Jags in there. Because I like Jacksonville. I really think you're going to see a spirited effort from them. So, I lean Jacksonville. It's a big number, but I still, I think the Texans are that bad. Uh, I mean, it's really tough for me, again, because with Meyer there, I there is no spread and there is nothing that would make me back the Jags just because I, I would not feel comfortable regardless of what the numbers say. I think there are certain coaches and are certain teams where they kind of bust your models because they're bad. Now, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I lean towards the Jaguars, but I'm staying away from it for me. How about the Eagles? Now, again, dude, when I looked at it, four and a half on Monday, liked it there, bet it, you know, and again, I didn't anticipate all of this sort of stuff. Uh, and now it's seven. Obviously, Washington has a mess. I think they've put 21 players as of this morning on the COVID list. Yeah, Heineke's not on it, by the way, but he is battling the knee injury. We don't know if Terry McLaurin's even going to be able to play here with a concussion. But it's seven. What do you think? Uh, this was another one. I teased the Eagles. This is yesterday. I, again, I bet pretty early in the week. I try to yep. at least. So some of these things are already in. But I teased the Eagles with the Bengals, actually, last night. Uh, I mean, look, seven and a half. I, it's tough to lay in a division game this number, but what, like, just don't bet this game. Right. <laughs> like, just, right. just stay yes. away, because you don't know who's going to be out, who's going to play. I mean, last week we saw the 
football team's defensive line just get absolutely uh, gashed on the ground. Their offensive line is banged up. I just, what are, this football team, you're going to get a bare bones roster. Eagles off a bye. Uh, Hurts even has a sprained ankle, so we don't really know what that's going to be like. Eagles in the playoff race. This just seems like a whole mess of a game right now that, you know, there are other games to bet on, I would say, away from this one. But again, I tease the Eagles down and get that basically as a money line. How about the Cowboys laying 10 and a half to your Giants, apparently? Yes, I'm a Giants fan. Um, I don't have much to say about this one, but the Giants are quickly just becoming a just a dumpster fire. Again, is this a quit team? Um, Mike Lennon out there. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to play again. I don't think he's been ruled out, but it seems like his season's probably over. Um, Cowboys, but what kind of effort are you going to get out of the Cowboys? They're kind, this division's pretty much over. Do they go on cruise control? Um, Eileen Dallas, no real play here. You know, if you have any thoughts, you know, you might have more of a, yeah, this just seems like a complete stay away. Complete stay away from me as well. Yeah. No, not, not something I want to go anywhere near. I'm glad you feel the same. What about the Cardinals here that obviously just lost DeAndre Hopkins? Don't know about James Conner. They're still laying 13 points on the road in Detroit. Yeah, I'm going to bet Detroit. Uh, it's pretty gross, but I guess they should be getting guys back off their flu list, not COVID list, uh, flu list. But if you look at Arizona, um, first of all, I think they really dropped the ball on Monday night. That was pretty, you know, I I love the Cardinals last year and they burned me. And then this year I started fading them because I didn't think they were as elite as their record and they were burning me. So I just can't seem to get them right. But that was a real opportunity to announce yourself as an NFC contender because no one's really talking about you. And I thought it was a pretty concerning performance against, listen, the Rams are good, but still you're at home. You have an opportunity to close this division, really establish yourself as the one seed. And Kyle, so maybe a letdown here on a short week. And they also finish with a difficult schedule. I believe it's Dallas and then Seattle or Dallas and another division opponent. So is this a look ahead spot? Are they really going to get pumped up to go to Detroit and play the lowly Lions? And Arizona's one bad spot on their defense is their rush defense. I believe they're 29th in defensive rush success rate. So Lions, they like to get that ball out of Jared Goff's hands, just run the ball. So give me the Lions at this huge number. I'm probably going to wait and see if this goes back to 14. I doubt it gets there. I'd play this down to, I'll say, 12 and a half. Yeah, they do. They get Indy and then Dallas and then Seattle to close out the season here for Arizona. So, yeah, no, I agree. I I like. I think the number is too high, but I agree. I'd wait on it. Hopefully, it gets up. But yeah, it's too high for me. Uh, we talked about the total, but what about the spread here in the Bills laying ten and a half at home against the Panthers? I like the Bills. I like we said. I think that this just sets up for a workman like, just like kind of blowout. Like, I we've seen the Bills beat up on bad teams too. You know, they they cover these big spreads when they're a better team. They really make sure everyone knows they're the better team. So. Eileen Bills, even if it's Mitch Trubisky, uh, if he gets time, I don't know what they're going to do with Josh Allen. Um, I still like the Bills at pretty much any number. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I if I have to go one way, I'll go with the Bills for sure because I, I can't see the Panthers sticking in this game. Uh, Falcons getting nine and a half in San Francisco. Uh, you mentioned already, sort of doing the money line parlay there, right, with San Francisco. So, what do you think about this with the spread, though? Eileen San Francisco. Even at this big number, um, I think I really think Atlanta's bad, um, and I, I just and it seems like Atlanta they again it's they beat up on their inferior opponents and then they lose to you know the better closer to elite performance or elite perform, elite teams. I don't know if San Francisco's there yet, but 
this feels like a game where San Francisco continues to get a little momentum here down the stretch. Everyone's talking about them as like kind of that trendy, no one wants to see us team. I don't know if I'm there yet just because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but yeah, it feels like this is a real spot where San Francisco kind of beats up on an inferior opponent like Atlanta. So again, I took the money line, anything under 10, I think this is still pretty good. I don't hate the over either. I could see San Francisco really putting up some big points on Atlanta. All right, the total, let me just pull it up so I can get it, whatever it is. The consensus total is 46. So, all right. Yeah, I so kind of like over there. Okay, very good. How about the Rams hosting the Seahawks? It's now down to four and a half. It opened its, or I looked at it on Monday, it was seven. So, obviously, the COVID issues sort of, you know, I'm sure at least affecting that. So, what do you think here at four and a half? I kind of like Seattle. I think that maybe Russia starting to round into form one last playoff push. Um Short week for LA, of course. The COVID issues—you don't really know who's going to suit off. I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably not going to end up betting this game just because of all the uncertainty around it. But I do lean with Seattle catching four and a half. And again, getting Russ as a dog is kind of a almost an auto bet situation. You know, do you have a play? I mean, I again, I'm kind of steering clear of this one just because of all the uncertainty. Yeah, I like them early in the week, and I bet it briefly at seven. Um, because it was six. Yeah, it was six and a half where I was and got the seven. I went there. Now it's four and a half. I still, I'm with you though. I lean to them at four and a half because Russ, to me, looked appreciably different uh, when I in this most recent game, I think, than what he had looked like other than that since he came back. Like he looks strong. The Rams are, you know, good effort here, but they're obviously beat up. They'll probably be without Beckham. Who knows what other COVID issues they're going to be dealing with. So I do like getting the Seahawks here at four and a half. Uh, how about the Saints visiting the Bucks on Sunday night? 11 is the spread here. Yeah, I lean towards the Saints. I don't have a play on it just yet. Um, it just, Sean Payton's great as a dog. He's great in division. I don't have the numbers up in front of me. I'm pretty sure he's 19 and 10 straight up against the Bucs. Um, not that they're going to win this game, but we saw earlier this year, the uh, Saints defense that is getting healthier gave Tom Brady a ton of issues. Um, I think Tampa Bay is rolling though. I really think that they are the best team in the NFL. I don't think there's much debate there. And Tom Brady is going to, probably end up winning MVP, but this is a big number, primetime game. I think the Saints are going to hang around in this one. I lean Saints. I don't know if I'm going to play yet, though. And by I tweet out all my plays. I have a bet stamp on my tied to my profile. So you know, when I say I lean away, you could find these plays when I tweet them in real time. Very good. I like that. I, I, I'm in agreement with you, by the way, that I lean towards the Saints. They just always, you know, they're going to play them tough. They played them. Obviously, they won the last game uh, that they played. So this just strikes me as a game that's going to be single digits, however it ends up with the Bucks. But yeah, it's also one that I, I'm not running to bet. I'm taking my time on it and I'm going to see. Last one, Monday Night Football. The Bears are getting three and a half at home against the Vikings. I did just come across that I guess Bill Lazor uh, was placed in COVID protocol. Don't know whether or not Lazor is going to be there. Not sure that matters to you whatsoever. But three and a half here getting it at home. Yeah, I think I've retired from betting Vikings games this year just for like my heart. Like, you know, it's college. I bet a lot of college basketball. That's enough heartache for me. The Vikings might be a little too much for me. Road favorite. I mean, they need the game. Do the Bears care? I feel like maybe last Sunday night was kind of a last ditch. Like, let's really go for it. This could easily be a game where they roll over. Um, I guess I lean Minnesota, though. If I had to play the side, like in a pick em pool, I'll probably be on Minnesota because I made them bigger favorites. Maybe the over, just because it seems like the Bears offense with fields kind of got a shot of life, maybe some speed. Maybe they kind of just like throw the book out and just say, like, 
let's just go for it. Let's like start going for on fourth down, maybe get a little crazy. Vikings offense, we know. And listen, this game will probably go down to the wire because it's a Vikings game. So I lean Vikings, I lean over. I'm probably going to stay away from it, though. Yeah, unless I'm just desperate to have a little something yeah. going on Monday night. I'm I'm running away. I'm running away from it. I, I just like, there's no way. The Vikings, I mean, if, if that game against the Steelers didn't just tell you you can't bet on the Vikings no matter what, uh, nothing will. Because they just, they, they have no killer instinct, no ability to put away games. So that's where I'm at. Reed, I'm so glad to finally have you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Just remind everybody where they can check you out and your work. Yeah, uh, check us out over at BetSided. That's fansided.com backslash BetSided. Make sure to check out our podcast, Bed and Breakfast, which is live on Mondays and Thursday mornings. And you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wallach. All right, we'll be back uh, on Monday, breaking down the early look at the Week 16 NFL lines. Goodness gracious. Enjoy your betting, everybody, for this weekend.